Welcome to the WriterFest podcast, where we celebrate writers of book, song, and film. Those magical, mysterious minds who pen the books we read, the songs we sing along to, and the shows and films we binge. I'm your host, Amy McConnell, publishing veteran, book doctor, and author. You know our next guest as one-third of the supergroup, Destiny's Child. But in this episode of the WriterFest podcast, I get to dig in with Michelle Williams about her intimate new book, Checking In in which she candidly shares her journey to stardom and tells us about her battles with depression. I find it fascinating how her book and the subsequent podcast, Checking In, are having such a positive impact on so many while dealing with a difficult subject. I know you're going to love this podcast. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks so much for joining us on the Writer Fest podcast. Amy, it's so good to be talking with you today. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, man, anytime, anytime. Yes. And, and you're joining us remotely because you are actually, you know, we're in the, the Writer Fest podcast studio in downtown Franklin, which is about 20 minutes outside of Nashville. But you're joining us remotely. You're, you're in Atlanta, are you? Not? I am. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. I think Atlanta is an exciting culture too, right? Like for a person like yourself, that's so creative and like, tell me a little bit about the Atlanta culture, if you would. Well, I know there's a beautiful culture here. There's so much to do. I just don't take advantage of it all. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I like, I'm a homebody. So I look at culture outside. I just kind (laughs) of, you know, and I've been here since the end of 2018. In December of 2018, I came here, but I came here to just get away, you know, for healing and wholeness. And I'm so, and then 2019 was just a full year of, like I said, healing and wholeness. The pandemic came. So I had a bonus year of healing and wholeness and doing work. And, you know, 2021, we're, you know, we started kind of crawling out and doing a little bit of work and travel here and there. So I really haven't set out to like hang out here, but I know there's so much fun. There are lots of fun things to do. You've got the Atlanta Braves. You, you, you've, you've got um, botanical gardens. Now I do take advantage of all the restaurants here. That's for sure. <laughs> I know there's you love so your much food. good eating, just like in Tennessee. And there's so much good eating there. I know, I know, and and you do enjoy your food. Well, you you talk about that a little bit in your book. So yes. I know that you are a foodie and that yes. you love food. So, but that that's really why I asked you about Atlanta because I know, like, you're such you you are a, obviously an award winning singer and you're a songwriter and an actress and you've got all this musical theater and uh, performance and, and widely recognized for that and TV and uh, and now you're an author, which I think like Atlanta is a, a great place for a person like you who, where, it, where Nashville would be too, just in case you're looking for a second home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you've done all of those things. And I thought, you know, that no wonder you ended up in, in, in Atlanta, but, and also sort of, sort of the South, like um, you're in all of those spaces, which I think is cool. So you know that's really what one reason why we we are really interested to have you on Writerfest is because you're you on the Writerfest podcast and also I think you're coming to Writerfest which I think is so exciting but you're in that intersection and so um we're really excited to have you talk about learn we'd love to learn from you about what it's like to to be in that creative space of just like exploring new 
avenues. So tell us a little bit about your book. I've already read it. So I want you to tell listeners and readers um, about Checking In. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Um, My book is called Checking In. Um, And it simply says how getting real about depression saved my life and how it can save yours too. It's a journey. Um, it, It talks about everything from about the seventh grade to, you know, well into my, you know, 40, you know, I finished the book when I was what, 41. So I started writing it in 2019 when I was 40 and it released in this year of 2021. Um, I just, I talk about, you know, fun moments of, you know, being in destiny's child, um, moments where, you know, people were wondering, did Beyonce and Kelly know that I was dealing with depression? The answer is no. Or if they did, you know, they didn't say anything, but they were quite shocked, you know, when when I began to tell them a lot of things. I talk about my childhood. I talk about the root and origin of what I when I believe depression to have started or when I noticed symptoms. Um, but I also talk about, you know, spiritually, you know, transformation when I began to just, you know, stand on, you know, God's word. And um, but it's not all about God's word and destiny's child. It, it is about dark moments. It is about moments where, you know, I talk about I got too comfortable with the thoughts of suicide. And so it's 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 pretty much it's an all encompassing book. And I think that's that's our life. Our lives are all encompassing of good times, bad times, overcoming, um, and trying to stay in that place of being an overcomer. I really loved your idea of checking in as being a three kind of th- three pronged oh, yeah. approach. Yes, you know ma'am. about about how you you really needed to check in and feel your feelings and recognize the thoughts and the beliefs that that are behind those feelings, um, and to to not medicate those feelings, but to feel those feelings and to check in with yourself, but then also to check in on a spiritual basis and just like check in like vertically and, and just like know whose you are and, um, and remind yourself of like the truths that are, that are foundational to you. That's so good. Yeah. And you're talking about the three pillars of checking in, which is checking in with yourself, checking in with others and checking in with God. I know a lot of us during the pandemic, we found ourselves, um, setting up our iPhones on a tripod. And so I look at that tripod as those three pillars, checking in with yourself, checking in with others and checking in with God. Now, what would happen if one of those tripods was uneven or the leg of the tripod didn't come all the way out? It was kind of wobbly. You could, there was no stability. You could, you couldn't put your iPhone on it because if it did, it would fall. And you know, so it's just kind of like making sure that those three pillars are intact, strong, and stable, so that you are strong, intact, and stable. Right, right. And 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 what what you seem to point out in the book is that that doesn't necessarily mean everything is going to be happy all the time. Oh, absolutely. Because life will life will life will come. You know, months before my book was released, my father passed away and mm-hmm. that could send someone spiraling, but checking in with yourself, checking in with others and checking in with God. I refuse to, you know, get into a, a, a state of depression. First of all, I know where my dad is. And for the past 15 years, he fought to have a great quality of life. He was tired. He and God got on a Zoom call and we're like, all right, Lord, I, I think 
God was like, you ready? Okay, let's go. <laughs> God took him in his sleep. You know, he, oh, took, beautiful. you know, he, and the great thing about that process was my mother is a retired registered nurse. And whenever my father would go into distress, she knew what to do to save him. And this time God said, I, I really believe everything was a zoom call. I, I was like, I think God and my dad got on a Zoom call and they orchestrated my dad's transition. God was like, I'm even going to take you while your wife is asleep. Because mm-hmm. if if you if she notices you're not breathing or something, she's going to try to save you. So I'm like, so I have- So mom- it was a grace. So it was a grace yeah. then. So I have moments like that where I get joyful about my father's passing versus um, a state of depression. You know, and so um, my dad is like where he is is better than where we are. And so he's like, get with the program so you can see me again one day. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That's good, Michelle. Well, your sense of humor is coming out in this this, um, interview. And I love that because I think the book is really funny. Right. I think you are such a riot. I mean, I thought when I picked up the book, oh wow, okay, this is going to be you know get the Kleenexes out and um, and and indeed there are some really touching parts, but also you're just so funny. You had me. You just have me in stitches. You know what? I I tend. I don't know, but it's just. um, And I also try to make sure you know because you know people who deal with depression. Sometimes comedian, you're a comedian, you're, yeah. but it really is my grandmother. My father's mother was hilarious. My dad was hilarious. My mom is hilarious. So a part of it is just a trait. I, th- I believe, um, you come some, by it honestly, you know, come by it honestly. Cause some people do use humor as an escape or they use humor at the most inappropriate times <laughs> to, to mask what's really going on but i really think god has gifted me with with this cool thing called humor as well well for me i think just my experience of it and i'm very i'm very sort of aware of my own reactions as a reader because i spent so many years as an editor and now as a writer a ghostwriter so i'm i'm very aware of how it makes me feel and what it made me feel consistently your humor in your book is made me feel connected to you Mm. and made me feel as a reader, like you were being vulnerable with me and that you were being open, not that you were putting up boundaries. Like a lot of times I think people use humor as a way to distance themselves from people. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was not the kind of humor this is. It's really, it's like, it's very like, honey, (laughs) you know, you're just really like making me feel like a girlfriend, like in, in the reading process. So I love that. Um, and then now you've continued to invite not just readers, although thank you for le- for inviting readers like me into your intimate world, but now you've invited other, like a lot of celebrities into the conversation around mental health with your podcast checking in. I mean, let's, let's talk about this guest list. Uh, just to peruse that list just a minute. Okay. I see Kirk Franklin, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Macy Gray. Lecrae, like Devon Franklin, Sarah Jakes Roberts, Dr. Oz. I mean, just this list, Michelle. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. <laughs> what kind of a podcast is this? It's amazing. What inspired you to do your podcast and, and what's been the response? Well, to 
let listeners in on, you know, conversations that I'd have with friends and a lot of the people you named, I actually have personal relationship with of some sort, even if we don't talk every day, they're in my life. Um, and also to let people know they're not alone. We talk yeah, about everything. Yeah. I had Tamala Mann. She's going to be, oh, I think, yeah. this week's guest. And we talk about her Her album is called Overcoming. And we talk about overcoming. We just we talk about yes. so much. We had fun with Jennifer Hudson. We, yes, she has an amazing movie out. Mm-hmm. But I we also kind of got into, you know, is she able to be vulnerable? Because... She, we know of a couple, some years ago, she lost her mother and sis, and, uh, is it, she lost her mother and nephew in a very tragic way. And, you know, uh, kind of getting into that, um, a little bit, Kirk Franklin, I got Dr. Caroline Leaf, who was brilliant, you know, Dr. Oz walking us through this pandemic and, you know, probably what we've been going through emotionally or with anxiety and just all of those things. And so giving people just um, insight, some humor, hope, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hope for sure. You know, um, when people are listening to podcasts, of course, it's a way for them to escape too, um, but also giving them some hope, some inspiration, um, and some substance. I tell you what, I, I and I, I could. This is just a little personal theory around this, but I adore the book as a medium. Like that was my first, probably, you know, as a child, the first way that I felt like I really connected with um, with the artist, right? Like, I mean, there was certainly I, as a child, there were you know, I had friendships and adults in my life I respected, but when I began to appreciate the book, I was like, wow, I'm having a conversation here with somebody who has creatively constructed something that I love. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, as you get older, you start to say, oh, wait, there are other writers beyond books. There are other writers who are creating films and theater, you know, stage plays or musicals or, um, uh, did I miss somebody? Oh, of course, lyricists, you know, people who who write things that connect with the human heart. And what I'm what I'm experiencing lately is that's there are different numbers of people you can touch at a time. Like, mm. for instance, with a book, you can really only touch one person at a time. But then you, you know, if the book does well, it can go into the thousands and the millions, and that's awesome. Whereas, like with a theater experience, you can touch audiences at a time. Well, with yeah. a podcast, I think you're having an interaction, you, Michelle, with your podcast guest that is then shared multiple times individually. It's like a multiplier effect that's different than any other medium that we've ever experienced mm-hmm. as humans. I think it's really interesting to see that happen. But it all, I I, I like to bring it back to you and the time that you spent um, in the quiet of your heart and your mind to create this really wonderful book that's so um, um, thoughtfully arranged and candidly shared mm. and so effective with the reader ultimately. So I just want to applaud you and, and in that initial work that was so, um, so carefully constructed. I'm really, uh, I'm really, hi, I'm really, um, impressed with what oh, you've done with that. And I'm, thank I'm, you. Gl- I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, when I look back at say 2018, although I publicly talked about depression for the first time in 2013, 
But man, that year of 2018, I'm like, oh, it was so, it was bitter, it was sweet, exciting, productive, but then it all just crashed. It seemingly crashed. And I'm saying that because they're going to be part, so many of us, you're going to go through the same thing, but keeping the faith, standing on your faith to where now three years later, you're going to walk somebody else through it. And to me, I, that's what I want. I know marketing wise and business wise, people will say, checking in is a brand. Okay. So let's the umbrella of checking in. Yeah. And my thing is just to walk people through, you know, what I've been able to walk through, crawl through, stumble through, (laughs) fall through, um, uh, and letting them know, uh, if you hold on, Old people say it, hold on, honey, hold on a little while longer. Everything's going to be all right. And that is, there's some truth to that, Amy. I don't want to go through that stuff again, but people say that, you know, if it can help me help somebody, I'd go through it all over again. And woo, and I, <laughs> Not I, so much. <laughs> I, I can get teary eyed, you know, about what I've come through, you know, but there's, there's some people out there who need to hear checking in, who need to check in, um, who need to check in with themselves, who need to check in with others and who need to check in with God. And guess what? It's okay. I checked into a treatment facility. So, and if you have to do that, if you've got to get some therapy, if you've got to, whatever you've got to do to, um, add to having a great quality of life. Do it. So many of us are walking around with so much trauma, unprocessed, unhealed, untouched. We don't want to talk about it. It's, you know, if I talk about it, it's going to bring it up. It's going to bring it up and out. Right. right, You know, bring it to the surface, talk about it, heal from it. And you don't have to deal with it again. You know, I think what happened to me is too, sometimes you can be 35 years old figuring out, wondering, why am I responding like a 12-year-old? Why am I responding like a seven-year-old? Well, go back to what happened when you were seven or 12. You know, I'm sure your spouse would appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about having, like, looking at that picture of yourself Mm -hmm. when you were that younger age. Absolutely. And 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 loving yourself like you love that girl. But like, I, I remember something about the lilac shorts, right? Like, yes. <laughs> right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, yes, um, yes. The, the young girl that had all this energy and courage, but also was like tender inside. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's a great encouragement to the listener, to all of us, like to, to not, like to seize the day in regards to like mm. checking in. Right? Yes. Just not to put I it off. I love that. I love that. Oh gosh, I'm so great. Well, I will also just reflect back to you and just say that compassionate spirit that you're conveying right now, like this this heart that no, I really don't want to go through it again, but I really do want to um, mm-hmm. walk alongside. Some people are lying when they readers. say. Some people are lying when they say I'd go through it all again. No, you would go through it again because you know where it could. Mm-mm. I know if it leads to a pot of gold, I don't want to go through that pain. It was oh, painful. No. Oh, too dark. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was like going through that haunted house, you know, knowing you're going to get out. But I don't want to have to go through a haunted house. <laughs> right. 
pass. I don't. Hard pass. Mm-mm. But that compassion that you're conveying and, and, that, and the vividness with which you're relating the experience, that comes through in the book. And I think that's such a gift to the reader. And so I just want yeah. to just make sure yeah. to, to, to thank you on that and just and, and, and let listeners know like that's yeah. what they're getting. So Now, guys, by the way, I know we're going to go through. But I don't want to, I'm not volunteering <laughs> to going through. So this, I know life is going to happen. Even using those three pillars, Amy, life still is going to happen. Betrayal, disappointment, um, loss. You know, we're not immune to going through. Uh, like I said, I'm just not going to volunteer myself. That's <laughs> right, not right, something right. that I'm going to raise my hand, but like, yes, teacher, I'll, I don't want it. But when y'all look at, I look at Christ and I'm like, oh, he went through, but I'm like, Jesus, you know, I'm not you. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. And, but the, and now you have the tools. Like, and, and there are so many tools that you've learned through this experience. I mean, you talk mm-hmm. about counseling and all the different. Yes. I love how you'll convey in the book, you convey like, so I learned this thing. And yet, and yet, mm-hmm. a year later, I had to learn what that even meant. Yes, <laughs> like, correct. Because sometimes you'll get the tool, but you don't know what to do with the tool until it's, you know, until, and <laughs> until for it all me, goes down. At first, I thought therapy was you go and vent, and that's it. Now, there are different types of therapists who have maybe different type of techniques. There are some therapists who actually just listen. Then there are some therapists who be like, okay, well, take this worksheet and write this down, or they'll tell you to do something, like write a letter to the person you're angry to, or, you know, things like that. So I remember my first time going to therapy, it was, she was so amazing, so warm and great. And I would do some of the things, but I think for me, I I use therapy as a place to just go vent and talk about stuff, but I didn't do a lot of corrective um, application. So fast forward to now, the last three years, I've, I've seen so much growth in my responses and health, um, because I'm actually applying, you know, instead of just, I can't wait for this because I'm going to tell on you. I'm sure going to, you know, get (laughs) you together. And it's like, no. So make sure that when you're going to counseling, it's not just, yes, it's to vent because you need somebody to talk to, but prayerfully you can like- A safe place. A safe place. Um, Safe people. It's that book. One of my favorite books, Safe People, Dr. Henry Cloud, John Townsend. Right. Love that. Speaking of that book, Amy, I read that book in hopes that it was going to tell me about somebody else and how unsafe they are. Girl, I read that book and I was like, oh, I've been an unsafe person. So a lot of us will go to counseling to blame I'm going to blame my mom. I'm going to blame my dad. I'm going to blame my ex-fiance. I'm going to, and then before you know it, that mirror turns around and you're Mm. like, oh, I play a part in this too. So good. So every time I talk about that book, Safe People, I was like, "Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if (laughs) so-and-so was safe. Mm -hmm." And I had, I was like, oh my Lord, I wasn't safe either. (laughs) 
That is awesome. I love that. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about in your book where you're just like so self-aware and so um, funny about it, you know, and you just kind of invite me as your reader to be honest as well and just to go, oh, okay. I wasn't always checking in. I wanted to blame other people for maybe that's the next uh, installment of checking in book-wise, like, you know, Blaming other people, excited to tell on what somebody else was doing. No, what were you doing? (laughs) What was your response? You hurt somebody too. You might, you probably didn't fight them with your fist, but you fought somebody with your words, you know? And so you just, like you said, be self-aware. Now, don't get to a place where, because a lot of people take full responsibility for something. Like there are no women who take full responsibility of their marriage crumbling. They blame themselves for their husband being unfaithful. Well, I was working so much, so he had to go somewhere else. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that um, blame yourself. Take, you know, I'm not saying that um, because it, it takes everybody involved played a part in the disintegration or unhealthy responses. So I'm not saying, you know, um, when you're reflecting just to take all the blame on yourself, because if you do, you walk around with so much shame and guilt compacted on how you're already feeling. And I just remember even reading my book, how much blame I was taking for things. But in 2021, I don't. I've had so much growth and healing even since writing the book. I'm like, it wasn't, I wasn't to blame. I wasn't fully to blame, I should say, you know? So, yeah. What was, I think I just heard you say when you were reading the book, because you had space between when you wrote it and it was published. And then when you read the audio book for production, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What was that? I'm always fascinated by that audio production. Um, experience. You have such a great, obvious voice. Your voice is so uh, widely recognizable. And also just, it's, it is, um, good on the ear. Obviously you have Uh a gorgeous voice. So tell us a little bit about what the experience was like reading the book, especially because I want to hear a little Mm -hmm. bit about this because so many of our listeners are audiobook listeners. And also many of them are writers. Many of them are writers as well. And so I want you to to tell us a little bit about like, give us a little bit of insight in what what that whole process was like for you and what you learned or what you experienced. I loved doing the audiobook. And, but doing the audiobook, I found myself almost paraphrasing or trying to rewrite. I'm like, no, that's not what's written. (laughs) But I had permission to add a few things, you know, here and there to make it fun for the listener versus I understand audiobooks like because I was wondering, oh my gosh, they're gonna get bits and pieces in this audiobook that if they're reading along to the actual book, it's not there. But I was like, I guess that's what makes it fun and gives them bonus content. You know, everybody's looking for bonus content. Um, so it was fun. Then I also learned in bits and pieces of the book, like, oh my gosh, this paragraph is a retreat. It's a masterclass in itself. This is a workshop. Just these (laughs) few lines. And it was like, I was finding so many parts of the book, Amy, where I was like, I can extract it 
And this can live for years to come. Oh, so good. I was getting slapped in the face. Oh, when you get to the portion of the book about forgiveness, it was like reading it out loud. I was like, have you really forgiven? Slap in the face, like, psh, 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 psh. So just good. And it taught me as reading the book, forgiveness and portions of your healing is it going to be a daily ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you have a forgiven. You must choose to still forgive. Even when you think about that person or that scenario, because you will. I can look at Dunkin' Donuts and something about it's going to remind me of somebody. I don't know. You just, you, you, so you're daily forgiving. Like, oh, it's okay. I was reading a book. Is it um, The Untethered Soul? And so I'm saying this because even though forgiveness is a daily thing, it's learning to, for instance, I dated somebody who used to drive a Porsche truck. Every time I would see this Porsche truck, I would get sick to my stomach, right? Well, The Untethered Soul taught me, find something good about, yes, yes, that's it. Find something cool about that Porsche that you liked. And I was like, oh, I like the wheels on it. I, I like the back of it and how, you know, and remember where I almost ordered one, <laughs> you know? So now when I saw Porsche trucks, I didn't get that feeling. But I'm also choosing to forgive the person who's driving the truck. Or how many, how many of us lost a loved one and you couldn't even drive down the street that they lived on for a period of time because it made you sick to your stomach and made you think of the loss of that person? Well, think about the fun times you would ride down that street on your with your bicycle with your dad, with your mom or cousin or best friend. Think about what that street represents. The flowers. The dead squirrel. I, I, that's a. I don't know. You know, just <laughs> that's not so funny. <laughs> you know, the, no. you know. Maybe you, maybe you ran over the squirrel. I don't know, and you didn't mean to. Just like I, just think of something different other than the sadness. The the um, when it comes to forgiveness, because forgiveness can spiral. Unforgiveness or thinking about forgiving that person that you thought you could forgive can spiral you and take you back. Listen, I am just, I mean, you are just walking out what you talk about in the book. Oh my gosh. uh, I had to do it with my, my ex-fiance and I, we lived, um, uh, uh, we were planning to live a life in Sherman Oaks, California. Uh My favorite taco place was on this street in Sherman Oaks. And I would just, Ooh, I would get so sad. And one day I intentionally drove down that street, sat across from that taco place. What were the things that you liked about it? I just loved how good they were. I liked how greasy they were. Probably not healthy, but I just, and before you know it, I was like, see, can you can drive down the street again. Mm-hmm. Versus it make, literally would make me sick to my stomach or yeah. sadness would just come over me. And so yeah. that to me, the audio book kind of helped that. And it taught me that forgiveness is a daily thing. Healing right now is going to be daily as well. And it's just that checking, like it's, you say in the book, you have to check in, not check out. Mm-hmm. So what, and I, and I found myself, I was driving down the road the other day and I was like, I started to feel kind of it. And I was like, I put in a song to make me feel better. And I was like, wait, what did Michelle say? 
feel that feeling and find <laughs> out what the what is the what is the thought behind it. What why are you feeling this way? What are you thinking about it? And I mm-hmm. left the radio off and went ahead and went with the feel, you know, with that process. And it was so helpful to me. So I totally I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Wow. So cool beans. That. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, and I love that. Love that idea of just like the, the three prongs. Like mm-hmm. the check in yeah. And with, with vertical and check in with yourself and check in with your, the so, so good. So, so thank you. Well done, my friend. Well thank done. You, thank you. Thank you. Friends, let me tell you, if you don't already know about Thistle Farms, it's a social justice enterprise that provides healing, housing, and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. The way they employ survivors while also funding their mission is by selling beautiful lotions, scrubs, candles, I love the candles, and essential oils that are handmade by the women in their program. The products are incredible and they're the perfect way to make conscious purchases of practical items like hand soap and their thoughtful gifts. So use the code WRITERFEST, all one word, for 15% off at thistlefarms.org. And that offer expires at the end of 2021. Tell us a little bit about, if you would, since again, because our listeners, so many of them are not just readers, but also writers of film, song, and book, which you mm-hmm. are all three. So tell us a little bit about the difference between writing a book versus writing a song or like being involved in a stage mm-hmm. production. I mean, you've been in mm-hmm. like, The Color Purple and uh, uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in so many different... Um, stage productions, but there is a different kind of writing that goes on with a book versus those other co- mediums. Will you just talk a little bit about that? Well, that was the problem with this book. I was writing it in fragments like a song. And if y'all notice on whatever page that was, it says Michelle Williams with Holly Crawshaw. And I can't take full credit because she took voice notes, sticky notes notes from my iPhone. And and she was like, by the time we got through doing everything audio wise, she said, girl, this is a book. I was like, girl, this is all over the place. I just wanted people to go along with me on this journey. I was ready. I was ready. And so Holly Crawshaw, you know, helped, helped piece it together as well for me. I love that you shared that. I love yeah. that you share that because there's so many people who think they have to do the whole thing themselves and they, they get overwhelmed and they think, well, how has this ever happened? I admire those that do. Some of my favorite authors, I don't know if they ever have help or collab because everybody doesn't put that in their work. Right. Me though, when I come coming from music, we acknowledge others we collaborate with. I could not not honor someone who labored with me as well on this. So with movies, you have producers, co-producers, executive producers, uh, everybody collaborates to make an award-winning masterpiece or a masterpiece that makes impact. Even if it doesn't win awards, my book didn't make the bestseller list. I wanted it to, but is it making impact? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Well, I think, you know, I think in Nashville, especially we have I, I understand 
what you're talking about because I have been in publishing for, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. how many years, a couple of three decades now. But um, so I know that no book ever gets made solo. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's a, a, the, ver- the unicorn might, but very, very rarely. Um, most creative work is collaborative in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love it. I love that. But I think in Nashville, we especially get it because this is a songwriting town. Yes. So we're, we have a gig mentality, right? So it's like, well, let's, let's see what we can put together. Let's get together and talk about how to make things happen. And, um, and that's one reason why Writer Fest has been so successful, I think, is because people are attracted to that sort of collaborative yeah. environment. And they, especially here, we get it. We understand that that's where the, the, the goodness happens often is like, you bring your guitar, I'll bring my lyrics and uh, we'll throw in, a, in, in some good piano tracks and we'll figure out what yes, happens and yes. see if we have a good album. And there's a lot of collaboration that goes on here. Talk to me. Let's, let's give a little, let's talk a little bit about um, your creative inspirations. I mean, you have such diversity in your, I mean, just to look at your bio, like to talk about like all the different things that you have done and been successful in um, you, you just like, you can do, you can do all the singing that you do. You cross genres, you do R and B, you do gospel, you do dance, you do all all the different kinds of genres. Um, And then your, your um, performance, like you you do TV, you do stage productions, you do musical theater, mm. um, you've do, done some film stuff, like you just do all the things. But I want to talk about like what inspires you. Where do you, what, when you're feeling tapped out or even when you're feeling like excited and, mm. and, and energized, what takes you to that next level uh, creatively? What, what inspires you? Surprisingly, lately I've been noticing connection with people because normally I, I like to stay home, mm-hmm. but I notice a conversation with someone that I actually decide to have spark mm-hmm. something. So I notice too, I have to be connected to people to, as well for creativity, connecting to some type of nature. Um, when you give so much energy to a lot of people, that's not, that's not where I flock to. I flock to home, to sanctuary, to recharge. And it feels so good recharging that I'm like, I'm going to stay here all week. And it's like, no, you're missing out on some connection. Get out. People are always saying, Michelle, get out, Maury. Get out, get out, get out, get out. You know? Um, So I'm just kind of, I've noticed, you know, that my creativity also comes from processing with other people, having comrades, even as a, just a lighthearted conversation, you know, makes you think of something. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, as a, I'm mostly spend a lot of time creating on my own, but I am an mm. extrovert. So I love people. So, um, but I spent, you know, I have to get a lot of words written on it in a given day to meet my deadlines. Wow. Usually. So, so I will be, you know, I'll be on my own for hours at a time and I'll be like, I need people. So I sometimes like, we'll just, Take the laptop and go to a coffee shop. <laughs> just oh, be among really? be among people, but really? apart. <laughs> just, okay, just wear a ball cap yeah. and just kind of hunker down, but be around that energy and it and it brings for because especially because I'm an extrovert, like I need I was gonna a little say, bit are, of that buzz. Now, do you mind me asking? Are you married? 
I am married and I have, I have four kids at home. So there's a lot of people around me when everybody's like uh-huh. home from school and home from uh-huh. work and things like that. But when I'm by myself at, in, the, in my home office, sometimes I start to feel my energy kind of go down. Like I need to get out, <laughs> get among the people. Really? So <laughs> is your writing. spouse extroverted or introverted, more introverted? He's introverted. He's introverted. Wow. Yeah. Now him being introverted, does that bring, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I'm only saying this because- there was someone I've been seeing who was more extroverted. I'm more introverted, but his extrovertness, my energy, I'm just like, I don't have my energy. I'm, I, it's like, do I got to get it built up to match his? I'm like, oh my God. There's got to be, we need a book for that. But I'll tell you how it works for us. Because I'm like, I do think- us introverts wear bring down the energy of an extrovert. I, for me, it's stabilizing. I'm like a butterfly and he's like a, like a, like a, like a stable rock that I come and land on. Aww. I'm like, okay, okay. It's okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> so that's, okay. That's how it works for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works for other people, yeah. but so, so being, so good conversations with individuals, not for you is energizing, but not necessarily crowds. But I mean, you're a performer, right. so certainly I know performing. it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. But having conversations in crowds is very hard. But like yesterday, I was with my cousin and her husband. They're having a baby in about a month. So from and we just ate. It's this soup was so good. I'm gonna see if they have it today. Smoked salmon chowder. Mm. <laughs> You seem very happy about with that. French fries on the side. It was just the three of us. It was spectacular versus eighty people. Yeah, ooh, I get too much energy. I think, and I feel everything around me as well. Uh huh. I feel other energy, whether it's zapping in my energy or life giving. It's a lot. Right. It's too much at times. Yeah. So a meaningful outing with just like two other people, I'm good. I wonder, I you know, I'd love to sort of like, we could probably camp out on that and talk about it for a long time about like the energy between you and Kelly and Beyonce being so positive, mm-hmm. right? And like mm-hmm. how that gave, perhaps gave you energy mm-hmm. in order to do the hard thing of like performing in front yeah. of like literally stadiums full of yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um which would otherwise, if you were just by yourself, might not be tenable. It might not have yeah. been tenable. Like Beyonce is so fierce and extroverted on stage, but it's like, like they say, pulling blood out of a turnip off the stage, you know, to get her to engage. And she just so introverted, so Kelly, opposite morning person. She's going to bring you breakfast in bed. She's going to, her kids are, I, I hit her the other morning. It was like seven in the morning and she's fully awake playing with her youngest son. And of course, having young, having a seven, eight month old baby, of course, you're going to be up early, but she's just as bright eyed and bushy tailed. Me and B, we're not morning people. We're like, don't talk to us for about an hour. Same. You know? <laughs> yes. So it's kind of just like, so it's it's weird where you have people, one person, you would think she's just so, um, you know, bubbly as she is on stage. Total opposite. 
total opposite. Will she laugh? Does she laugh and giggle and, and engage? Yes. But it's not something that I think she she volunteers to do. She's she's not volunteering at the parent teacher conference saying, hey, let me get up and <laughs> give y'all the numbers from our annual dues this year. No, that's not her. <laughs> Funny thing is she does go to PTA. So but <laughs> but she's not, she's definitely she's she's sweetly shy. Yeah. Well, you, you're very, I love how you share about your experience with them, but you also are very clear, like there's no dishing here. I, I'm not, I, I don't have anything negative to say about my girls and we're still friends and we still yeah. talk all the time and, mm-hmm. and love each other. Absolutely. That was, that was a, I think that was a, 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 that gave me happy feelings toward you in the book. You know, I felt like, okay, she's good people. Yeah. And to encourage other women you can work with other women no matter what season of life you're in. You can still cheer for other women no matter where you are in your life. Cheer for your girls. Pray for your girls. Root for your girls. Love your girls. Could not you agree know? more. I love yeah. that. That's so yeah. good. So good. So good. So we, you talked a little bit about what's inspiring to you. Can you tell us anything like, I love to learn from other writers, people who appreciate good writing, like what they're listening to, what mm-hmm. they're reading, what they're watching, like what do you have any, um, anything you're excited about right now? Oh my gosh. You know, um, you already listened to a couple of books already. You listen, list, I, I down. love Sarah's, um, book, um, woman evolve. Um, Van, oh, Sarah Jake seven. Yeah. Right. Um, S- Sarah, Sarah Jake's, Jake's Robert. Roberts. Yeah. And, um, I have that in here. It's you do. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Desired by God by Van Moody. Yeesh. Yeah. Life changing. <laughs> Your expression. I love it. Life changing. Life changing. And then, you know, um, yes. And companies coming by by um by Leslie, Leslie Jordan. I just love reading various books. And I have so many that have been sent to me during the pandemic. I was like, I've got to get through this by the a lot of these books by the end of the year. It's just so much to get through. Um, now, let me see. One, I did start reading. Hold on one second. Mm-mm-mm. Dangerous Prayers. I know he released it in 2020, but um, by Craig Rochelle. Oh, yeah. Woo! And I know he has a new book, um, I think, Winning um, winning the war in your mind, you know, but I was like, I just started reading dangerous prayers. Now I've got this book. It's so much. It's so much. How are these folks cranking out all this content and all this? Especially material? when they're, when you feel like a book is life changing, you're like, how much life? I know. Can I, actually I know. <laughs> I know. The books, reading books can be so overwhelming. It's like, okay, is it necessary to read all these books? Am I going to confuse myself on the journey? Am I going to have too much information? Because I'm like, is there a such thing as too much information? And, whew, you know. Yeah, I have to mix it up. I definitely okay. have to mix it up. I'm a big, you know, a huge, huge reader and always have been. And so I would like, I have, I have like different books that I keep my, my side of my bed. Because okay. when I've been working with words all day long, at, um, when I go to bed, I have yeah. to mix it up. I can't read the same kind of book that I've been working Ooh, on during the day. Now, tell so. me a book you look at me like. Tell me a book you've been reading. Then I go to Amazon and buy it right away to add Ooh. to. 
Let's see what all of my all the right books now. I've got to re- get through. Well, I just finished your book, so that was the le- most recent book that I read. And then I've also been reading. Um, what is this book called? Did she come by it natural? Is yeah, by Sarah Smarsh. She come by it natural by Sarah Smarsh, and it is a book about Dolly Parton and the, oh. and like because I I realized like I have this new. In the last few years, I have this new appreciation for Dolly Parton. I'm like, mm-hmm. I respect this woman so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And look at her age. But And I realized, like, when I was a child, we made fun of Dolly Parton. What's changed in me oh. that is, like, respecting her? Is it is it her or is it me? And Sarah Smarsh's book is really a, a look at, like, sort of the integrity of Dolly Parton mm-hmm. and, like, how mm-hmm. she has – been standing by her convictions and how she has owned who she has been throughout her life. And, um, it's just been really fun. It's like, it's just essays really about Dolly Parton. And, um, I picked it up when I was in Oxford, Mississippi a few weeks ago at Square Books, which is one of my favorite bookstores in the world other than Parnassus here. Yeah. And I just saw it and I was like, Dolly, and this is addressing this like niggling thought I've been having lately of just like it's been in the back of my mind like why do I love Dolly Parton so much? Um, and it, it's gonna it awesome. kind of just talks about that a little bit. So I've been reading that and I've read to you, and um, and then let's see, what am I listening to on audio? Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> we had a guest, a podcast guest in um, JT Ellison, okay. who's going to be the one of the keynote speakers at Writer Fest, and she mentioned this book called "What I Talk About When I Talk About Running" by Haruki Marakini, who's a novelist but also an avid runner. And so this is sort of his memoir about what it means to him to run and have that meditative process of um, throwing your, like to be very intentional about running and how that is a meditative time for him. And he's not really thinking when he's running and it's more like almost like yoga where he just clears his mind Ooh. through running but he t- he talks about it in the memoir which i mean writes about it in the yeah. memoir which is fascinating to talk about an interior process like okay. that so so i've been, I've been interesting yeah. cuz like as a musician or singer like i'm still a consumer of music right right, right. so i was just wondering for you as in your field of editing and writing you're still you. How do you consume books all the time? Yeah, because I was gonna say, how do you know you're consuming a book out of pure interest versus right work? Right, right. Because people ask me to read books all the time for various reasons, and and so I have to kind of just say, like, is this a? I I always have to read for pleasure. Like, if it's not pleasurable for me, I quit reading it. And a lot of people are like, what do you mean? Like that's quitting. You, you can't quit. And I'm like, yes, I can absolutely quit reading a book <laughs> if I'm not enjoying it. I'm so done. And so sometimes I'll like if I'm I um if I've been feeling like I've been reading too much nonfiction, I'll switch over to poetry. Okay. Or or to I read a lot of novels. I love novels. Um, but they have to be like top of their game. I I, I need fiction to be really really good to keep my interest. And okay. um and T J T Ellison, who I just mentioned, yes, yeah, yep. is um. She is going to be a keynote um, speaker at WriterFest. Her books are always, always awesome. Um, Her most recent book that I loved, loved, loved is called, it's called Her Dark Lies. Her Dark Mm. Lies. But I've read, I think I've read half a dozen of her books, maybe even a, a dozen of her books. I loved, I loved Good Girls Lie. 
was so good. Um, but I read her a lot. And then also the, another keynote speaker who's coming to Writer Fest, whose book is amazing, um, is it's called World of Wonders. Yes. And, oh, have you read that? It's so good. I've heard of it. Yes. Yep. Yes. The author of that is Amy Nezhukamatatil. And she wrote World of Wonders, and it is in praise of fireflies, whale sharks, and other astonishments. And you were talking earlier about how nature can really help you feel more connected. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why World of Wonders just really took off. I mean, it was was like a Kirkus book of the year. Let me think. Who was it? Amazing. It was a New York Times bestseller, a Kirkus Prize finalist for nonfiction, um, Barnes and Noble's book of the year. Um, I mean, the prizes just go on and on, but it's really, really well done. And she's a poet and she just kind of found herself, you know, you and I were talking about mediums and how like you can write for a yeah. certain medium and you kind of feel yourself pushing against it. So, like you were kind of like, I want to, I want to try something different than gospel. I want to, yes. she decided mm-hmm. she wanted to write outside of poetry and she started writing essays and this is the result. And it's just so delicious. Amazing. I'll send you a copy. I'll send you a copy because it's really, really good. So, yeah. So let's talk about – we've talked about a few things that are inspiring to us and things that we're listening to and watching. Oh, uh, did you – do you want to share anything like that you're listening to on podcasts? Because I know you're a podcast fan. Oh, absolutely. The Happy – The Happiness Lab with Dr. Lori Santos. Um, You might think you know what it takes to lead a happier life, more money, a better job, or Instagram-worthy vacations. You're dead wrong. So she has studied the science of happiness. (laughs) You know, Um, she takes us through scientific research to share some surprising and inspiring stories that will change the way you think about happiness. And we get so caught up on what we think happiness looks like. Like I said, social media makes you feel like it'll make you judge your own world. Like, (gasps) oh. I need to be in Croatia right now. I need to be in, I had some friends, friends that were in Greece, honey, living it up. And I'm like, oh, I'm a bum. I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> you know, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, um, her podcast is just amazing. I love Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's been a part of my transformation and my thinking. Um, so I'm just really, really thankful um, for her podcast. Um, so I just have fun just kind of perusing um, various people's podcasts. Um, so And her, her podcast is called? Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Mm-hmm. How about this last question? Yes. Would you give us some advice? Uh, just advise the creative listener who is writing song, mm. a song or a, a film, a screenplay, mm-hmm. or a manuscript. Give us some advice. Um. Don't compare, you know, I know it's hard to not compare your last writing from this writing, but it's like starting fresh, something new. You've been inspired for a reason, you know, um, so, start, you know, start there, you know, um, and if you, you, y'all, y'all know this, y'all, I'm telling y'all something, I'm a first time author, so this, I need to be learning from you guys. Stepping away sometimes, you know, for a few moments. I do that when I'm playing my favorite word game. I notice when I don't play it for a couple hours, I come back and I just blaze through and find all the words I need to find. It's something. Maybe I laid my eyes on something. Maybe I had protein. (laughs) Right? Make sure you're eating. Make sure you're 
feeding your brain. Make sure you're resting. Make sure you're resting as well. I mm-hmm. had to find out through creating, we must rest. We must rest. We must rest. So good. So good. Because you can't really feed other people, feed mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. Um, which is ultimately what you're doing when yeah. you're creating something. Yeah. You're giving, you're offering them. And it's hard mm-hmm. to rest, you know, when you're trying to beat a deadline too. It's mm-hmm. You're up till two or three o'clock in the morning, eight in the morning, every day. Every, you know, you're trying to get that deadline. You're trying to turn that manuscript in. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying. Um, but our editors are so gracious and we, I know I just want to give honor to my editor, um, Jenny. Um, I'm sure we wore you out as well. (laughs) Try to extend that deadline or, you know, because we have to realize too, y'all have other books you're doing too. (laughs) So it's like over when we don't turn things in on time, it probably overlaps, you know, what y'all have to do. But Thank y'all for bearing with us in our time of rest, blocks, writer blocks, fear too of turning something in that sucks, <laughs> you know. So, well, I I know that name, Jenny Jenny Baumgartner. Yeah, right? is that who you just said? You just Jenny, said Jenny. Yeah, Jenny's your editor yes. at Harper. Yes, and so my good friend. Yeah. I mean, she is just you know, and then Brigida Nort Nortker. Um, as well. Um, just absolutely amazing. Um, Those are good people. Right? Senior editor yeah, is Bri- right Brigida. Support. You know, mm-hmm. Jenny, that's definitely, I definitely wore, wore it out Brigida. And Jenny, you know, our senior acquisitions editor. Um, the patience, the patience. So, did you have, you, do you have an um, agent in your process? A literary uh, yes, agent? yes. Um, Whitney Gossett um, from the Fed agency. Right. As well, you know, who helped to bring HarperCollins to the table. And I just knew HarperCollins was the one, Thomas Nelson. I just, I knew. I love We bonded over food as usual. (laughs) That's why I can't wait to see folks in person. And I haven't seen them since 2019 in person. It's well, everything has been Zoom, rightfully so, to keep everybody healthy and safe. But that's I'm important. ready to see my folks. Uh, we are ready to have <laughs> okay. you. Like you, as you know, it's November. Writer Fest is November 19th and 20th. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like our our listeners already know that, but yeah. I'm just just saying it, you know, for mm-hmm. the record. Mm-hmm. So we will see you there for sure. Yes. but just open like any time. Like, just send me a text. My house is always open. Yes. Come on down. <laughs> you know what? Down. Nashville has been so inviting. I've got so many folks to spend the night at their house. You, Annie Downs has invited me. Oh, my that's vocal, my church. Where my vocal, my yeah, my vocal coach has invited me. I say, I'm going to be well fed and well yeah, rested. Awesome. Well, good, good. Yeah. Well, thank Karen you Jackson. So much. Oh, yeah. My market, the mar- my market. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on. Claire Drake. I name name all the names. So I'm not well, going to go do on. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're probably just, listening right now. Everybody for their love and support on this journey. Um, you, you, it's another whole another family. You know, okay. people that I can be transparent and vulnerable with, thinking because they're not going to judge me. They, they think. You know, but 
well, people look down on me, but no, they lifted me up, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. So good. Yes, That's ma'am. so good. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us on the Writer Yes, podcast. ma'am. We have loved having you. It's been so much fun. I can't wait to meet everybody. We will see you. Gosh, it's right upon us. I can't believe it. We're in candy corn season. People judge me for loving candy corn, but I don't care. Oh, a little handful of candy corn, a few on. peanuts, a yes. few peanuts in there. Oh, that's some deliciousness. Yep. yep. <laughs> but no, But no to the... Uh, what haunted houses? No to the haunted. I say every no every time houses. I go, I go and say, you know this is fake. Don't don't let them scare you. <laughs> so I just just don't even go. I like these one houses where they're clues, but they're still kind of scary. Not necessarily a haunted house, but a house of clues and stuff. So this is a new idea to me. It's amazing. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. There, it was one in LA I went to. I haven't been to any here in Atlanta. I don't even know if any exist here in Atlanta. But it wasn't necessarily a haunted house, but a house where you had to solve clues and mysteries before a door would open. Oh, it's like um, you're locked in. Yes, something like that. Yes. Yeah, my yep. daughters have done that before. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, count me out. I'm not. <laughs> into that either. Yeah. I do not like being afraid. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I, I like being, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I prefer a celebration to, <laughs> to a stressful situation. I like that wording. You know, I, I prefer a celebration versus scared. Yeah. I don't, if that's I don't like stress. Mm-mm. Thanks so much. Yeah. But well, thank you again so much, Michelle. We appreciate yes, you so much. And, and I know listeners are going to be checking out, checking in. Checking in. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Thank cool. you. All well, right, you're welcome friend. here anytime, and I look forward to seeing you in November at Writer Fest. Yes, ma'am. See y'all soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Writer Fest podcast. For more information, see writerfestnashville.com and follow us on our socials. Mm-hmm.